Welcome back to Orgy Story. We want to do a quick comment on Red Table because we watched it. For those that haven't, surely you've heard by now. But Jada admitted to an entanglement with August. Will properly called it a relationship. I love entanglement. <laughs> She's amazing. I'm really excited that they're giving us more details into their love life, but super bummed that it turns out they're not swingers and this wasn't so much a she was feeling the need for speed, but more they were having a huge relationship speed bump. And that is not as fun to chat about, nor is it as celebratory from a sex place because it's, it's a little bit more none of our business is the best we could describe it. So applaud them for being open and, and him for... Showing a, a little bit of guidance, but also building a beautiful segue in today's show that's going to talk a lot about guys and their approach to handling those types of moments. So uh, let's turn up the music. That's better. We told you we were going to dive into toys, and what we saw when we started investigating this was a lot of questions from guys asking what can we bring, what types of things make sense, and then kind of named the ones that made sense, except one thing which we were noticing over and over again, a dichotomy. And this is going to be a little bit meta, but what we're going to offer is that maybe one of the best things people can bring is maybe not even something physical necessarily, but the right approach. We are going to talk to Fuck Yeah Friendly Fires Trey, and he's fantastic on the show. This will start our expose into, into looking at what you can bring to group sex, from an approach to toys to even how you can maybe bridge distance gaps, which will hopefully be pertinent in where we're at currently. Please continue to follow us on all the social medias, well, Instagram, uh, Twitter too. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in for Gangbangs, and please let us know what you think of toys. Enjoy. We are back interesting people about interesting subjects here at Orgy Story to get story of a new friend introduced to us by the favorite sex doctor of the show, Dr. David Lay. I am on with Trey, who I've now been introduced to him as sort of my my banner hero. I feel like you've been flying a flag. I didn't know I was following since 2011 with your friendly fire blog. It was on Tumblr. Everyone knows about Tumblr, the things that have been going on, if ever a time for more sweeping liberalism in the country. Trey, how are you, sir? I am doing so well, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. You have been talking about this, and I'll use the term this, but we were just talking about gangbangs. We're about to be talking about toys and what people can bring to group sex-like scenarios, not just gangbangs, because we want to kind of get broader in our toys discussion. You have been talking about friendly fire, which is kind of an approach people can bring to sex do you mind just elaborating what it is and why you started talking about it because that's a while ago yeah so what you're referring to are friendly fire cum shots which is essentially um when um two men or two or more men are sharing one woman uh you know they get to the point of orgasming and one guy accidentally ejaculates uh 
uh, onto you know another male, and so it's always been a a I would guess fetish of mine just for since the first time I saw it. It was just the taboo nature of it, and just seeing men uh, engaging in a masculine, um, you know, heterosexual way um, with a woman involved and not really having a hang up about, you know, uh, collateral uh, or incidental contact with other males in the, uh, in the room was just always something that I found intriguing just the um, naturalness of it for lack of a better term. And so um, in 2011, I kind of just started and at that time, it was at the height, uh, I, would, I would say, of Tumblr's popularity. Um, I just started, you know, basically blogging my thoughts and videos and images around this and related sexual topics. And eventually, by the time uh, Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire was um, uh, effectively shut down by Tumblr, uh, leading up to their you know, anti-porn turn in 2018, I believe it was, um, we had amassed about a quarter million followers. And so, um, then just kind of, and, and since then have just kind of been continuing to be an advocate for this type of what I call leading edge sexuality. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of why we're chatting today. Excellent. And I'm assuming in 2011, you're kind of craving this, probably not seeing it very much. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I had been seeing the product, maybe, but not calling it out for friendly fire fun is more what I mean, like putting the genre on it. So I, I want to I want to be just completely honest and say I certainly wasn't the first person that was uh, promoting this type of sexuality. Uh, There were. Um, forums and Yahoo groups back in the day that I was a part of long before I even uh, started blogging about it. It, it. And it was when Tumblr came along that I realized, oh, this would be a great way to bring this out of the siloed, you know, uh, forum and Yahoo group kind of uh, platform and bring it into more of a of an open realm to kind of uh, shine a light on a on an aspect of this sexual experience that a lot of people find uh, intriguing and certainly uh, sexy. And so um, I, I was inspired to kind of bring it more out into the open and leaving it kind of in these little spaces where people had to go specifically looking for it to find it. Which is exactly how we got the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. And that could still be you and I. We could do a fun comedy about this road <laughs> trip style. I've got a lot of ideas. Maybe. Oh, I'm open to it, man. Yeah. Just the, the friendly fire tour. And you and I will see how many fun shots. But what is interesting to me is still what's at the heart of this topic and one thing that I, I shared with you right before we went on went on air is one of the main questions I get from from sort of trepidatious and I'll just call them out cis males or gay men in this world um, get very uncomfortable with the idea of watching their partner pleased by another another person of the same sex. So you get a lot of it, and frankly, I do see more of it amongst my male friends. I I just see a, a very clear 
oh, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, even though they would be comfortable bringing a female in. And one of the things I was suggesting is that the best toy they can kind of bring, and this is the kindergarten sort of approach for me, is a healthy attitude about this type of interaction. Can you sort of give me an idea of of what we talk about when we say a healthy version of this interaction? Because I also really enjoy this type of scenario, so it's always good to talk healthy first. So I want to make sure that I'm understanding what you're asking. Would you mind rephrasing that? Yeah, because that was a terribly phrased, super long-winded question. <laughs> What's the fun side of embracing this? Well, the fun side of embracing it, first of all, is that no one has, no one brings any of their own ego or hang-ups into a sexual situation. I mean, the reality is, is if you're going to be in these types of sexual arrangements, why are you bringing your hang-ups to them? There are plenty of other types of um, sexual experiences one could have that don't involve multiple people. It's, it's always a, uh, it always, in my experience, puts a damper on the situation. Anytime someone shows up to a swinging, to a sex party situation with their insecurities and hangups, you can almost cut the tension with a knife. People feel that energy. And also the women... Uh, pick up on that as well. And so um, it becomes a situation where, um, yeah, you don't want to, um, what am I trying to say? Um, you don't want to go too far, but you do want to embrace this fantasy, which I think people would also be surprised how easy it is to be friendly touching another man or be okay next to him. And that is kind of the other side for me. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, and, and for me, it doesn't even necessarily go so far as, you know, proactively touching another, another man, but there are dudes that literally flip out if they have, you know, what we call incidental or collateral contact with another man, let's say even in during a double penetration, for instance, I don't know if, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, um, boy, am I, know. but wow, will I, uh, let people know just in case two penises very close together, given the symmetry of the sex act. But I think people are probably pretty aware, but absolutely go on. <laughs> Google it. If you need, if you need some clarity <laughs> there. Um, um, but yeah, there are literally dudes that, um, bring that up or let's talk about another act that I'm really fond of. We call fuck licking, which is an, um, uh, you know, when, a let's say, a um, a man and a woman are in a 69 position and then, uh, another man comes up behind the woman and starts fucking her doggy style while, while the, while the, um, the other man is underneath her, you know, um, stimulating her clitoris, virtual snaps, um, eating her out essentially. Yep. What's that? I'm giving you virtual snaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of guys would, you know, take issue with that. And really, I find that with men specifically, we can show up to these situations very self-absorbed and really self-focused. Those guys are putting much too focused on themselves and not really focusing on, you know, the pleasure of the woman. And I think what a gift to give a woman similarly to how you might picture it being a gift to you to receive um, stimulation from two women. What a gift to give a, a woman um, to remove one's ego 
in such a way that allows you to work together as a team to give this woman sheer pleasure that she would never be able to receive otherwise. And so for me, it's really, we're really talking about um, ego and um, the fact that a lot of dudes really haven't really thought about why they have the beliefs they do around sexuality. And, you know, for me, um, you know, a truly straight guy, uh, a confident guy who knows who he is, is going to um, not feel like he has anything to prove. It's the guy that is up in here thinking that he's going to be gay, even though literally no fucking gay activity is going on. Or even if there is gay activity going on, like, uh, you know, homosexuality, uh, you know, it, it's the, but anyway, let me go back. I was, like, guy I was about to that, say, here's hoping, but that's not me being helpful. That's just the me. Well, in full club. disclosure, I mean, full disclosure, I, I'm bisexual. So for me, I, it, none of this bothers me whatsoever. But I've discovered that what, where I am in life, that is my passion is being able to use my voice to let especially hetero identified men know that, you know, this is a very natural experience of being a human, the sexual experience. And for me, you know, I know for a fact that I came here, I incarnated onto this planet to have a fulfilling and thrilling sexual life. So for me, I want to experience a lot. And I feel very sad that so many men in particular are carrying um, what I would consider ill-serving paradigms that they adopted from these agreements that they made from other people's negative beliefs around sexuality. And we carry this in a lot of ways that show, we carry this in ways that show up outside of sexuality throughout our day-to-day -day life. And so for me, I'm particularly interested in um, helping heterosexual men release and let go of all of these shameful paradigms that really we picked up from other people. And so that's really why the Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire brand has kind of sustained for a, a, nearly a decade now is because um, people seem to really resonate with my very sex positive outlook. And so I don't know that I really have answered what you <laughs> asked me, but I wanted to make sure that I got that out because um, I just noticed in my experience in swinging in, um, you know, uh, in these types of situations that us dudes really can carry a lot of bullshit with us where it's, uh, you know, really ill-serving and, and, and not necessary. So Nope, I think you've absolutely crushed it. The, the reason, the healthy part of this and the reason to embrace it is to please a partner in, I think, a new way. And I think people are going to be surprised how much more credit that gives you. I think the fear is, oh, they're going to fuck someone and leave me. That's definitely not going to happen. They're going to fuck someone and be like, wow, my partner is amazing. And it has this sort of cool and I, that's kind of the the highs right that there is a transcendent experience and kind of saying yes to this gives you a chance to do something outside your comfort zone but you're also hitting into what is dangerous about this lifestyle and if you start to feel shame you start to feel anger towards yourself i think those are the negative aspects right so when we're talking about moving past these feelings, I just think it's also helpful to maybe acknowledge what they are as you're experiencing them. But I think you perfectly articulated 
we start to feel shame. We start to feel embarrassment, which then almost easily turns into anger. Um, and that's that's the non-healthy style. So I think you absolutely answered it, which which for me is to kind of just give people an idea of what to look out for. Um, and it's about it's the same for for people that are just listening to try and talk to their partners about this, which kind of gets to my. My next question, you start to like this friendly fire, you start to like this lifestyle and what you're seeing. How do you kind of recommend after quite a few years in the game and expressing yourself in it and kind of channeling and directing a following? How do you kind of advise people follow it from something they see and they fantasize about to something they start to explore within their relationship? Yeah, so one of the to explore within their relationship, first of all, again, um, removing the focus on self and putting the focus on your partner, right? So if I were someone, and, and I'm not in a relationship currently, although I, when I, I was in a polyamorous uh, triad uh, my last relationship, but, um, you know, uh, removing the focus on oneself and putting it on one's partner. So I would start asking questions right of my partner like what is it what is your you know deepest fantasy what is it that i could be doing uh to please you sexually that um that i'm not currently doing um what is um your wildest sexual dream you know i'm going to start if if i'm wanting to experience a more open a more um exciting sex life if if i'm going to want to have a discussion with my partner around um, what it takes to bring someone else into the bedroom with us or to, you know, engage a curiosity around group sex, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start engaging my partner about what their desires are and what they want. I'm not going to try to convince them of anything. Uh, I'm not going to try to force my will on anyone but I'm going to start asking them questions to um, kind of see what um, they resonate with. And what I'm going and what, what will happen with when I do that is it's going to just create uh, a very deep rapport that will naturally enable me to be able to be comfortable kind of exploring and expressing what it is that I'm curious about and what it is that I would like to uh, have in my sexual experience, I find it baffling, to be honest, that there are so many people, and this is not a statement of judgment, it's really just an observation. I find it baffling that there are people who are um, getting in relationships to be in relationships, but not doing the hard work of really determining, hey, is this are we aligned in all of our values, including what I think is some, uh, the most important value, one of the certainly most important values, which is sex. And so I'm going to really do the upfront work, especially when I'm new and dating someone. If I know for sure that I'm a guy who likes porn, I'm a guy who likes sex, I have a high libido, I'm certainly not going to you know, want to be um, in a relationship that is where there's a sexual mismatch, mismatch, not me. Um, you right. know, no judgment, for, no judgment for anyone else's situation. And obviously we all grow and, you know, uh, throughout relationships and stuff like that. And if I can help it, 
I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm um, aligning myself on the front end and asking questions and making sure that I fully understand what my partner's desires are so that I can make sure that we're in alignment in that way and can um, grow together. Communication, desires, Communication. and I'm going to just paraphrase that it's not just about making your partner come. It's about how hard and how far. There's some elements to this. That's the uh, the paraphrasing add-on. But I think that's what we hear over and over. But we do like echoing it because to me, and I, I, I'm just speaking from a, a self, I have a very open partner or partners in, in my scenarios. People are very open to things, and yet I will still feel myself gut-checking shame that comes from years of, of really being afraid of this side of myself. So it's just always something yeah. I, I ask people because I'm, I mean, like any comedian or journalist, really kind of just talking about myself and hoping I'll get some, some reflection here. And I appreciate that because you're right. It whether you're on the first level of this or the 38th level of this or whatever level um, some of our guests have been on, it's all about it. still communication. And I kind of want to go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, I I think you bring a very valid point up about, you know, noticing and catching yourself in a moment of reflection around your own, as you said, shame. I think when that comes up for me, the first place that I go, this just comes from, again, my, my professional background. I just ask, start asking myself questions like, hmm, where do I, you know, like, why did I, why do I have this feeling of shame right now? Like, what is really causing this? And I'll just sit, and I'll sit with my own thoughts by myself in silence. Like, where is this coming from? When is the first time that I remember feeling this way? Like, and then usually when I do that, like a thought will come, a memory will come to my mind, like in, you know, minutes, if not seconds. And it'll really help me go into a place where I can give forgiveness to wherever I was in my life when I allowed myself to form an agreement uh, with someone else's shame, because I really believe that that's really where it comes from. These are things that are taught to us, especially in this society that is not a very sex positive society, especially in the United States. Um, uh, you know, we've adopted a lot of paradigms around sexuality that have manifested in shameful ways. Um, and a lot of us aren't really taught to analyze that. And unless you're, you know, deep in sex therapy or something, you're probably not getting asked those types of things. But that's what I do when that comes up for me. And it certainly does sometimes is I'll ask myself like, Hmm, where where is this coming from? You know? And so I would definitely, I I just wanted to bring that up to anyone that's listening who could, who can uh, relate to that and just say, you know, I always take responsibility, right? Like my, my, my goal is to take responsibility for how I show up in the world. And my sexuality is a super important part of who I am. And I just want to make sure that I'm always clean in that. Like I'm always just really tidy and good with where I am sexually. And so anytime something makes me uncomfortable, you know, I want to go into that. I want to, I don't want to avoid it. I want to ask myself, you know, like, Hmm, where's this coming from? Like, why am I having this? Why, why do I feel shame around having group sex? Why do I feel shame around 
engaging in a completely non-homosexual way with other members of the same sex. Why is it that I believe that I should be the only one and only person who could ever please my partner, even though, you know, that's just probably statistic, you know, not really possible. And so um, I, I always encourage my friends to really go into a self-analytical, uh, you know, space and kind of ask yourself, you know, when was it that, I, that you first adopted those kinds of beliefs around sexuality? And what you'll find is often that you got them from someone else. And exclusively where you kind of pinpoint that is the the source of a lot of a lot of reflection. But it's a good exercise. And you're hitting on a point that I kind of wanted to ask you as we as we end, because this is a topic that's maybe controversial and maybe over the last 10 years is kind of either lost or gained steam. But societally, we're at a lot of we're a lot of discussion points. We're having continued discussions on race where you can see there's um, almost like a a braggadociousness of progress and then very publicly not. Um, We kind of see that even progress wise with the country. And for me, this is another one of those topics that has hit that, that national, that national precedent. And it's really not that long ago that we're fighting for really just basic equal protections under the law for, for people that do share versions of the same exact lifestyle, do you think we're getting better on this topic or, or is it still very, obviously we have a lot of work to do, but is this one where you feel like we're starting to make progress with the conversations we're having? Um, just give me your thoughts. What do you mean specifically? I want to make sure I understand. I mean, around the ego that men have had, cause the idea that you might let someone have sex with your your partner and they might come and hit you it, that that was something that like would draw people to extreme violence in earlier parts of life now it does feel like over the last 3 years we're kind of having a sluttazance where even people <laughs> where even people previously that maybe thought that they this was part of a lifestyle are really kind of opening up their views that's that's kind of just my silver lining as i see it okay and you and so i heard i guess i want to make sure i understand the question around race specifically well no this one's more about um this one's much more about like men's attitudes towards this sex uh, regardless of race because i think this one permeates across and I think country-wise, I was just curious if you thought it still was in that same place where it feels like false progress or actual progress. No, I definitely think it feels like progress. And to be completely clear, I think that one of the beautiful things about the site formerly known as Tumblr, rest in peace, um, is that it really enabled people to be expressive around their sexuality, around their fantasies, around their kinks. Um, and it normalized it because you could see, oh, wait, like these are people that share taste just like me. And so what it, what it was, what, what, what was great about it was that we were able to find more commonality in that way. And that's why I think it's such a shame that um, Craigslist Personals is, down, is gone and um, Tumblr 
SpaceX and other sites um, are cracking down on sexual expression. Um, I think that it's a shame because for the we, we really we for about a decade we really were in a space um, in humanity. I think where we were creating safe places for people to normalize and express themselves around their sexuality. So I would agree that things are changing. I'm concerned where we're going, the, the direction we're going now, um, you know, not just in this country, but all across the world um, as we um, are clamping down and restricting sexual expression now. I think that sex positive societies, and I believe that research backs this up, the more sex positive a society is, the safer it is. And so for me, I'm concerned that we are, in my opinion, uh, regressing in that way and going in a direction that is going to create more harm than good. I don't know. I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. But um, that's the way it feels to me uh, currently. I appreciate it. And it's a it's a complicated subject, so I appreciate you. Um, take the time to at least help me explore it because it's just something I'm I'm constantly thinking of because obviously that's the goal of this podcast ultimately is to to open people up to this lifestyle and at least show the just how how I guess complicated and you know varying the people are that enjoy it and maybe make it seem less scary and at least at the very less threatening. So I I appreciate your help in that regard because I just think attitudes towards sex as as you're pointing out they're important in terms of how you build your communities and ultimately everything we're talking about it's always about what we want our community to look like whether it's you know country or local. So it's it's interesting to hear and at least you're helping me reshape, which is there's a lot more work to be done and it has to continue because these movements are all linked. Um, mm-hmm. These attitudes. Yeah, I think I, I think because we are in a sex negative society that shames sexuality, people don't speak out about it. Um, and I think that we would all be doing everyone a favor by normalizing the human sexual experience. This is the experience that perpetuates our species. And for me, there's nothing more natural and beautiful in the human experience than sex. And for me, I lift and utilize my voice to completely normalize um, the human sexual experience because it's such an important part of our existence. It is part of the foundation of our confidence, how we show up in the world. And for me, I think that we would be doing our entire species a favor to, con- to uh, discontinue the lie, uh, the myth that this is something that is scary, something that should be shameful, um, you know, I think, and, and intend a very um, healthfully sex-positive society for all of us. So, yeah, I appreciate being able to express that with you. He is Trey Lyon. His work is Fuck Yeah, Friendly Fire. <laughs> you are fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Hey, this was my utmost pleasure. Have me back anytime. Absolutely. Can people find you on the social medias if they'd like to? Do you want to plug those? Yeah. Because there's at least somebody yeah, that's like, sure. hey, ask him about his Twitter or his Instagram. And I, I'll do that now. <laughs> so um, for those that are into explicit adult uh, erotica, um, my blog is fuckyeahfriendlyfire.com. The blog is currently in a period of uh, a status of hiatus. Um, and I'm also on Twitter. Um, we share a lot of interesting uh, uh, sexuality on Twitter, which is at FYFriendlyFire. Um, so, yeah, if you're curious, check it out. It's uh, NSFW, though, so don't pull it up when you're back working in your office if you're this doing is... that during the, the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Just have your personal laptop, not your work laptop, while you're doing this. Uh, well, Trey, thank exactly, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. This has been another unbelievable interview. Thank you to Trey. He's he's really quite a blast. He's done some amazing work. You can find him on the interwebs. And, you know, one more thing about the Red Table. Everyone should just really be re super encouraging to Will and Jada, and maybe we'll get, uh, like, a good book, like another follow-up, uh, a pop and podcast. I'd listen to that. So just uh, that's that's my tempered. It seemed like Twitter was um, on the roasting, and God bless it. But, uh, you know, just let's remember there's an end game. Who, who knows the next one in this, this domino? Uh, that was it. And uh, tune in for our next show, which will be out shortly. Thank you again.